Hi, this is Kate. And I'm Ryan. And this is Are You Sisters? The podcast. The podcast. So thanks for joining again. I think the last time we left you, Kate, was about ready to leave on her family European vacation. It was indeed. She is back now. Yes, I am back. How did it go? I am back. It was great. It was awesome. So my family and I, my dad and my two sisters from his side of the marriage, Phoebe and Levy, hey, we basically went on a whole UK journey. We flew in and out of London. We rented a car and we drove all the way up through England into Scotland and down through Ireland. So it was quite the road trip for the three of the four of us. It was treacherous. <laughs> yeah, it sounds super relaxing. It was treacherous because my dad is banned for life from Enterprise. Won't reveal too many details here, but basically I was in charge of renting the car and we got to the we got to the rental Enterprise car location whatever and they basically handed us this like broke down red Ford minivan from like 1999. Traveling in style. Yeah. And so, I mean, unless you're unfamiliar, everyone in the UK drives on the left-hand side. So that was a big learning curve for us. And then on top of that, the minivan was stick shift. So my dad had to do a six-gear stick shift with his left hand three daughters screaming, crying in the back, thinking we're going to die basically the whole entire time. (laughs) I got got a myriad of like very concerning texts. Yeah. My sister Phoebe was literally in the backseat Snapchatting the whole thing to her friends because I was just in a full-blown panic the whole time. I was like, the, you know, I was the navigator. I was doing the directions, but I was also making sure my dad was not veering into oncoming traffic. Uh, If there's one thing I can say about Kate, it's that I would not describe her as chill. No, not chill. I will say to my credit, he was literally veering into the left lane at all times. Um, He claimed that the car was just built that way. But I, you know, (laughs) I think he was trying to juggle like a coffee and I went through my reserve of Xanax pretty quickly on those car trips. But it was All in all, such a great trip. I was just so happy to get out of the 100-degree Charleston weather and hit up some, like, 60s up in the north. Yeah, but the best part about that is getting texts from Kate about how she packed only summer dresses. Like, almost as if your weather app on your cell phone did not work when you were packing your suitcase. It did work, but I think what stuck out to me was that most of the places we were going was, like, a high of 70. So I was like, oh, great. That's perfect. Didn't take into account that it was like a dreary, cold, rainy 70, which is definitely different than your like Charleston 70. So that was fun. I basically had to purchase a whole new wardrobe on the trip. It's a good excuse (laughs) to just buy an entire new set of clothes. Yeah, my sisters and I all walked away with new barber coats from the trip, which was nice. La-dee-da. I know. I got mine vintage. The girls went to the actual store, so what does that say? My favorite favorite story was about the driving specifically was I think you had mentioned something about getting like – evidently the streets are lined by like 
you know, rocks and things yes. like that and how your dad had to turn around. And I was just replaying that scene from that Austin Powers movie where he's in the golf cart and he has to yeah. make like a 25 point turn and he gets the golf cart stuck. There are a lot of uh, wrong turns and 20 point turns on this trip. So basically Enterprise, don't come after me, but he did back the minivan into a stone wall. Um Casual. And I was at the time out of the car in the pouring rain trying to direct him. And I thought he just like literally gave up and just smashed it. But I mean, <laughs> it, he he claims he didn't. So I'm just waiting for that enterprise bill to, you know, hit my credit card in like two to three to six months. Yes, which little known fact about Kate and I, we have a running record of sorts with rental car companies and that we have open disputes against them because I, no offense if you work for a rental car company, I'm sure it's not you directly, but like it's a lot of scams. Oh, it's happening. all scams. All scams. We went to France in May and I, when I signed up for this rental car, we rented a car for one day to drive it from Nice or wait, where were we? From Provence to Monaco. For It was two hours that we had the car or supposed to be at least. This car rental company quoted me, even I thought this was outrageous at the time, $300 for one day. I said, you know what? Fine. I got the bill and it was like $650. Oh, yeah. So needless to say, you need to have an American Express because you need to be able to dispute that shit. I've disputed so many car rentals and I they've gone to claims. <laughs> and I have like people just, you know, knocking on my door being like, you owe us $300. And I'm like, Better well. Better check your credit take it up with Amex. I mean, I bought my house two years ago. I have no I have no reason to have a good credit anymore. <laughs> and I'm certain that I don't. Well, you better. Yeah. But otherwise, the trip is great. I was sick the whole time in Ireland. Um, pretty sure the weather changed. Maybe I got COVID. I don't know. Another thing that you don't, everyone needs to know about Kate is I love her very much, but she is quite a feeble individual at times. And I sickly. Think she's a little sickly. Like, in the last three years of us being together, I think I've come down with an illness maybe once. Yeah, I'm sick. Like, it's once every three months. Yeah. I get a good... It's a lot of fun. Good old-fashioned, you're out. Sinus infection. Yeah. I did party through my sickness. I took one day off in Dublin, and then my sister's, like, roused me at, like, 9 p.m. to go to dinner. And I was like, you know what? I can't miss out on this dinner. Yeah. So I remember getting those... A phone call, and she's like, I'm done. I'm going to bed tonight. And then, like, an hour later, she's, like, on my way to a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. I was like, you're ridiculous. It was such a good time. I miss I miss my fam. We do this big summer trip once a year, and it's always a blast. But we're always on the move. It's not really relaxing. But it was, it was great. And I will say it got me back into Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on a Harry Potter marathon right now because we went to all these locations that they filmed the series yes. at. Like we went to Harry Potter's house. We went to Hogwarts. That was awesome. I also got back into Dairy Girls, rewatched that for the fourth time, being in Northern Ireland. So that was great. All in all, an amazing trip. Happy to be home. We are traveling. Turning around and getting right back on an airplane this Friday, which – we're a little anxious about yes. because this trip, we're going to Connecticut, Kate's homeland, and we're taking both of the dogs this time. Right. So Eloise is a world traveler. She is very well versed in planes, trains, automobiles. Jet setter. She's nine years old. She's been traveling with me since I got her. So she is like, she's got it down. 
Betty, however, she's a rescue. We adopted her in March. So this will be your, I mean, I think safe to say first time on a plane. I think that's the safest option. (laughs) For a dog that was abandoned in North Charleston, I I am guessing this might be her first time flying to uh, New York City. So yes. Definitely send our prayers. And if you are a TSA agent or with Delta, please earmuffs that we will be flying as service dogs. Yeah, keep this on the DL. We are flying them both as quote unquote service dogs. Yeah. Strictly because it's bullshit that the airlines charge for 150 each way for a carrier. But like, my problem is this, like people are bringing their newborn babies or screaming their heads up. Nobody has to sign a form that says my baby's trained. Right. And I mean, honestly, I can say my French bulldogs probably act better than the most children, not even children, I would say some adults. Honestly, yeah. I mean, how many planes have we been on where we had to go back to the gate because someone puked? Someone barfed. Where were we coming? Colorado. Oh my God, JetBlue. And you had just gotten done with the interaction with somebody barfing on the plane. It happens like constantly. Wait, this is also, this needs to be a side note as well. Kate has a phobia. Of throw up. Of vomit. Yeah, I do. She could go into detail at a later point, but it's essentially trauma from being a child, almost as if she was the only child that was in a school where other kids puked. Here's my thing. Even as a kindergartner, I knew that you do it in the fucking toilet. It's like, behave. Behave. What are we, animals? I don't want to name them, but Chris, someone, I want to say the last name, puked all over my kindergarten classroom, and it fucking scarred me. I went into therapy. My parents were like, why are you so affected by this? And I honestly can't tell you. It's just like, I always, I always found a toilet. Always. Or a sink. Right. But, you know, and then I had, like, this whole or theory. Or at least. I mean, my God. I know. I had a whole theory, too, that, like, it skipped a grade. So then I went into my second grade, like, literally knowing someone was going to throw up. And lo and behold, Viviana got Viviana. all over my homeroom. Anyway. So needless to say, anytime there's a movie on and you can sense a scene where somebody's going to Ralph. I'm, got I'm a, running. Got, if you ever find yourself watching a movie with Kate. Make I, sure. I'm muting it or I'm running out of the room. I'm I'm done. Just be aware. Yeah. So we're heading to Connecticut for my sister's baby shower. Yes. Very hey, exciting. Sarah. So excited. She's making me a first time aunt to a human child, not a not a dog child. I'm so excited. I can't wait. We just have to get through the travel day with the two dogs and you know, trying to hawk them as trained service animals. Right, like if any of the TSA agents like actually look over the desk and like uh, look at the dogs, they're going to be like, there's no no way way that these are service animals because like Betty's probably going to be freaking out and Eloise is going to be like shaking like a leaf and we're just going to be like, take our word for it. I mean, and it's like, why start that fight? Just... Just let us on the plane. Just let us on the plane. Honestly, they'll sit in our laps. They're good. They're good girls. I mean, Betty, we have no idea. We have no idea how this is going to go. We'll keep you posted. We will keep you posted. Please send us good thoughts. Recommendations. Juju. We will be definitely drugging them. Yes. Myself included. So So I'm going to be the only creature not on Xanax during this travel day. So I really could use some good thoughts. Yeah, for sure. 
Which actually brings us to one of our first topics, baby showers, bridal showers, navigating that in a queer relationship. Yes. It's interesting because Ryan and I are obviously in a relationship and my friends have become Ryan's friends and her friends have become my friends. My family's become your family. Your family has become my family. Normally in a, you know, a heterosexual couple, the guys don't have to show. The guys don't have to show for the baby shower or the bridal shower. And listen, this is not to say we don't want your invites because we love a party. Whether or not it's a baby shower or bridal shower, there's free champagne, we're there. For sure. But I think it is something to chit-chat about because it is something that we've had to navigate is that, you know, we're both invited to these things. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of a mix because – Initially, I was like, do I get my own present and then you get a present as well? Or do we get like a, you know, dual gift? Like, how does that work? What's expected? I don't know. But I will say this. It is nice to always get like, you know, a cheeky plus one because, you know, Kate's going. So I'm like, cool. I I at least definitely will know Kate. You have a built-in friend at least because sometimes you go to these things and you're like, I obviously am good friends with the – the girl, but who's ho- like, you know, who it's for, but sometimes you're like, shit, I don't know. I maybe know two people. So it, it that is a nice part. But like, you know, we're asking our queer listeners in same sex relationships, is it, how does that work for you guys? Are you both usually invited? Is there a weird line that gets drawn sometimes? Wait, and then I'm thinking like, gay men don't run into this because like the grooms aren't having like groom showers. Maybe the bachelor party. I guess the bachelor party. But then it's like super awkward, which obviously we're not doing, but to go on a bachelorette with your partner? No. That's a no. Not me. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Well, what are you going to try to do? (laughs) What What are you getting up to? I'm not getting up to anything, but I just don't want you around. I'm kidding. You can come. You could come to the bachelorette parties I go to, Kate. Okay. If you're invited. Well, at this point, I'm not, but that's fine. But I do think it's it's definitely an interesting kind of nuance that we've had to navigate in our relationship right. is that we have a lot of good girlfriends that are collectively our girlfriends. So we got invited to dinners together. We got invited to showers together. But whereas in some other instances, if you were, you know, dating a man – that person would definitely not be invited. Yeah, so like now that we've been together for over three years, I think I'm totally much more comfortable with, you know, attending everything. But I know when we first started dating, I would get, because I'm friends with all of your friends, we have collective friends, but I would be invited to like some, you know, girls' dinners. Mm -hmm. And there are some topics like, you know, boy stuff that is always, of course, like the ladies are going to gab and I'm here for it. But there were always, you know, like your two cents being put in with your experience in dating men and things like that. And I was always just like, oh, God, do I need to be here? Right. (laughs) And also to preface it that these are like some of my single girlfriends who are still, you know, dating and on the hunt. So, you know, some of these conversations do get a little dicey at times. But like, um, my point is, is this is like our, our straight couple friends, like if if the boyfriend or husband was there, like, would uh, our friend be like divulging all of their old timey dating uh, history? I don't know. Maybe not. Most likely not. That's definitely something that we have had to navigate, I think, as a same sex couple. Mm hmm. 
And we'll continue to do so. But all to say, keep inviting us. Because, listen, we love to show. I love to hear it. And we love to hear it. Which is not out of your mouth, but everyone else's. So I just have to, like, (laughs) watch my mouth on these sorts of dinners. But don't worry. I don't think Sarah is going to be going down my old – Memory lane. Memory lane of – terrible men I've dated in my history but no it was definitely I think like our initial like very fresh dating phases where that type of stuff was like you know I know and it is so funny it is it's just such a it's such a little nuance that maybe some people don't think about but all to say we definitely do still want to be invited in our in our a package in the sense of course and also you'll get a better gift because I'm a big splitter so yep I'm like let's just buy a gift together For sure. Yeah. All right. So our first topic of the night, I am truly saddened to discuss because this show was honestly one of my most favorite shows. I think the initial season came out maybe a year ago, a little over. And Abby Jacobson pretty much spearheaded the show. I love her to death. And it unfortunately was canceled. I found out this week via Instagram a league of their own. It's it's so sad. I mean, I truly, really, really enjoyed that show. Yeah. We're so bummed. A League of Their Own, if you're not familiar, was a movie. If you're not familiar, <laughs> then you should just stop listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, Abby Jacobson, like, really spearheaded the show. And it was freaking awesome. It was so good. And, you know, what's a real bummer about it, and I love that she came out with this information when it got canceled. Because, okay, after the initial season, we all found out that it was being picked up for basically a four-episode closer. So we were going to get, like, closure from the characters that we've grown to love. And then it came out this week. She was like, listen, it is everyone's going to say, and it was the media is going to say that this was canceled due to, you know, writing strikes and whatnot, but that's bullshit. It's obviously being canceled for other reasons. Obviously, we have our women-led shows that are, you know, high on queer characters, female characters. There are very little, if not none, I can't recall any heterosexual, you know, storylines. Yeah, it was almost an all-women cast, and definitely telling a lot of different types of queer stories, which we're all here for. But yeah, it got canceled. And she does not want anyone to think it's because of what's happening in Hollywood right now with the writer strikes. It's definitely something else. So, you know, we want to be cognizant of that and aware of that and also kind of bring light to it. And we want stories like this. That's what's such a bummer is like, this is how I feel too with like Elber Generation Q. Mm -hmm. We are here for this content because it's representation. It is just telling – like, we are inundated with mainstream heterosexual storylines. And, like, when we have finally, like, our piece of cake, Mm -hmm. it's usually taken away. And it's such a real bummer. I just remember watching this show – when it first came out, I think I honestly devoured it in like two days because it just it really just struck so many chords with me. I mean, similarly to the movie itself, but like, again, the representation, it's, you know, all of the different dynamics in the the era itself where there were queer women, there were individuals who were figuring things out and how to like be yourself in that time is just Mm -hmm. those those stories are 
if not lost completely, it's like it's very important to me that they're told. It's definitely about representation as well, not only for the queer community, but also for women in general. Just being able to say, oh, wow, look, I see these strong women on my screen and I'm feeling like I can do the same thing. Totally agree. Love the movie. Love the show. And I think that we cannot not talk about Broad City. If we're talking about Abby Jacobson, we have to talk about Broad City. That show, I mean, Kate and I rewatch that show when we're like feeling a little down or honestly, we were just bored to death. Like when we're in a show hole, we're like, it's our old faithful. Put on Broad City because like without fail, I'm going to fucking laugh. I mean, those girls, Alana and Abby, they just like truly kill me. And there's actually a scene from that show that was so touching to me. I think it's the finale when they're on the Brooklyn Bridge and Lilana looks at Abby and she's like, you know, they're crying. They're like saying their goodbyes because Abby, well, sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, watch it. But they're saying their goodbyes. Abby's going to Denver for art school and Ilana says to her, she's like, I've never felt cooler than when I'm with you. And I'm like, that line resonates with me so much. Like my best girlfriend's Never felt cooler. We're so sad and sorry to hear that the show has been canceled, but we look forward to what is going to happen next in terms of what Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer are going to do because they're talented women. There there are people. They kill me. I would love those. That's definitely two people that I would love to have the opportunity to just like either A, smoke a joint with or B, like drink a beer with. Oh, absolutely. And I'm still mad at us. Yeah. Ilana was here in Charleston. And we we screwed the pooch. We fucked up. We fucked up. We didn't go. I don't know why. I think we we like, I had it in my calendar and then it was like everything was happening and, you know. Someone asked us to go and we're like, absolutely. But then that person didn't follow through with securing tickets for us and- which I was mean, which was definitely our fault. It was our we fault. We were wishy washy like, for sure because we were like, I don't know. Or, no, like, I think we were like, we're we in plans. Uh, we were in, but we should have gone. We f- we, we should have been more in. We anyway. should have been so in. Like, what were we doing? My heart was in, but I don't know what the fuck my head was doing. Frankly. I know. You know, it's all about sometimes you're sitting on the couch on a Sunday night and you're like so shut off from the world, and you get a text from someone asking to commit to something. Three months away. Spend money on something. You're just three like, months away. You're, you're like, like, my mental capacity is at no. Yeah. I think that's what happens. It's all about timing. Yeah. But any uh, last thoughts on that? Did you see the Did you see the movie? Of course I've seen the movie, Kate. Did you see it in theater? Or were, were you even born? I was born. I did not see it in theater. Oh. But it is a great flick. I forget the name of the wonderful lead in the movie, that beautiful – Redhead. I forget her name, too. She's been in so many things. How do we not know her name? Fuck. We'll follow up. I can tell you. Rosie. Well, she wasn't the lead. No, of course not. Rosie Rosie was in it. Madonna. Yes. Madonna. Queer icons. They're everywhere. Yes. I've got a Madonna story. So Madonna lived on my street in New York City, 81st Street. But far away from me, I was like super on the east side of New York and she was in between Lex and Third. Don't look up her actual address. But so unbeknownst to me, my dog, Eloise, and I would walk to Central Park almost daily. And it was Halloween. I had no plans, whatever. So I walked my dog to Central Park and there was all this commotion outside of Madonna's apartment. There was a line around the corner of, you know, families and children and you know, it was this whole like crazy sight. 
So long story short, I guess Madonna, I don't know if she still does it, but she did it like four or five years ago. She hands out Halloween candy every Halloween. She would. She would. So, you know, the sleuth that Eloise and I are, we kind of parked it across the street. and Lurked. Just, we lurked um, and watched. And Madonna came out of the house and she was wearing a tank top and she had a mask on. So I know it was Madonna because she had the veiniest superpower arms you've ever seen. Like, like arms that you know would lift a truck yeah, off like of she's a baby. Been, like you know. She's been working those arms. And then she was wearing a Trump mask. And she handed out candy. And I just watched. She's such a down-ass bitch. So fucking cool. I was like about to go up and be like, can I get a Kit Kat? <laughs> like, you should have. Just to like hear her voice through the Trump mask. Yeah. But that's my Madonna story. Ugh, it's a good one. She's an icon. I mean, I know she had a little bout earlier uh, this summer. I think everything's going well with her tour, and hopefully she'll be back. And her health. Back and swinging. But that, oh, my God, it was just like one of those, you know, New York City moments where I was like, oh, Madonna's handing out. Down the street. Handing out trick-or-treat Halloween candy to these little fucking kids who have no idea what this Trump mask means. Yes. I think it might have actually been 2016. So the election was right around the motherfucking corner. Which, God. Didn't go well for us. Not looking forward to next year. Anyways, all the health and wellness to Madonna, Lady Lady Madonna. We wish you the best. We wish you nothing but the best. And thank you for being in a league of their own because it was fucking awesome. Yes. No doubt about it. Next topic? Yes, and we promise we're not going to talk about this every single episode, but I could. We did just find out that, and just like that got renewed. Season three, baby, it's season coming. Season three. And I have to say, season two has been redeeming to me because season one was dark, scary, and that they were like trying to swallow the sea, and it kind of made me really uncomfortable. But season two, they're trying, you know, they're back on track and. Aiden's back in the picture, and he's so fucking weird, and I know he annoys you like crazy. I've always hated Aiden. Unpopular opinion, I'm sure. Listen, to me, I didn't like Big, and I know that's an unpopular opinion, but like, I didn't like Big. I just feel like Carrie always has to change herself to fit into this like perfection that is Aiden, and it's apparent in this current season, she... Literally, the whole show is so unhinged and like truly a fever dream because they're skipping around seasons. They're they're time traveling. The break between one episode to the next is like three to five to four, you know, months. six months. And people go from like their first date to I love you. And in Carrie and Aiden's case went from we went on our first date. Now we're fully dating again. I've met your children. I hate your son, Wyatt. But I'm buying this palatial townhouse on Gramercy Park for you because you're too much of a pussy to step foot back into the apartment that we had our last relationship in. Yeah. I can't stand it. I, yeah. It's just so – it's so crazy. I mean, they definitely, definitely push the like, okay, this is too much boundary. Always. Every in everything they do – here's the thing. I – Love to hate it, and I love it so much, and I can't wait to watch it. The, the season finale comes out tomorrow night. I'll be tuning in. We're literally recording this podcast tonight so that I have all, you know, attention yeah. devoted. Like, Kate went on her, like, 
European family vacation. And then she came back and all of a sudden it was like, we have to watch and just like that. And like you were, you know, relatively like, oh, yeah, we have to watch the latest episode. But I don't know what happened. You still have not come clean to me. I, there's nothing to come about clean what about. Happened, but like you are now like gung ho have to watch it the night it comes out. And I'm just like waiting for you to tell me what the fuck happened. Nothing happened in like, Ireland I, that made you gung ho about this. Nothing again. happened. I truly like I felt this way even about season one. Like I knew it was bad, but I still like couldn't get enough. Like, I can't well, get enough. It's cathartic for us, too, because we grew up basically watching it. Like, Ladies yeah. Who Lunch, me and my girlfriends in college, my, my best friend Kinsey and Haley, would they'd be like, get your ass in the living room, bitch, we're watching Sex in the City, and by the way, Chicken Fingers for Lunch. And it was, yeah. you know, just such like a – it's just great. It is great, and it is cathartic. And, I mean, I was watching it in real time. I will give myself that. Watch the season finale from my basement lair. I've watched some of it real time, but of course, you were e, too young. E has all of it replaying. Like, honestly, we could probably turn on E right now. I had the whole on. like DVD set box that I brought to college. Well, I was me. busy watching the L Word DVDs, so I had some different priorities. You had too much going on. I was like definitely binging Sex in the City, and I do love it. I can't, there's no like secret reason why I love it. I know how bad it is, but I can't get enough of it. I can't wait for the Samantha phone call. I know it's only going to be a freaking phone call, which bums me out. I but need, I need Kim control. We need her back. I'm so happy it's gotten renewed for a season three. I'm super interested to know where Carrie and Aiden are going to go because it didn't seem good at the end of the last episode when Aiden was literally scream crying from his that car. made me uncomfortable. I Like, I get it. It's like his son cr- crunched his car drunk driving, but it's like – I don't know. Well, and he was like, I should have been there. I should have been there. So where is this going to go? I think he he's literally – No, I think it's very obvious where it's going to go. You think he's going to end it? Yeah. You do? For sure. And do you think Carrie's going to get her apartment back again for the 17th time? Absolutely. It won't be in this season, but she's going to end up coming to like a shitty place with that poor girl that she sold it to, like wanting right. it back in some way. Right. I can't believe she sold it. I thought at the least she, she would rent like sublet it or rent it. Also, could this girl really afford it? I mean, I know she's like a jewelry designer, hey, but – This is in just like that. All bets are off. All normal yeah. people rules do not apply. Right. Like Carrie's literally buying a, I would say, probably 10 plus million dollar apartment Casual. Townhouse in Gramercy Park with no a big. key to the motherfucking park. Like I uh, – you know, I've – so unrealistic, but whatever. I mean, maybe Big left her with like a shit ton of money and she has her own, fine. But I'm for one super pumped about season three. All right. So our question is, Ryan, what was the funniest reaction you got to coming out? Okay. So the funniest reaction, I wouldn't call it necessarily a reaction, but so much as like a call to action. Ooh, a CTA. A CTA. My bestest friend, the first person I ever came out to, Rachel. Love her to death. Love you, Rach. I was like, what, 14? And I was like so terrified, of course, of coming out at all. So the first person I told was the best person I ever could have told, my best friend, Rach. And she was like, okay, that's it. She took it as like essentially like I said, a call to action, she would make me go to this like neighborhood restaurant called Timberline. We were dirt poor. I think we only had enough money to get like a bread plate and then like a French onion soup. 
And we would go and she would make me hold her hand at the table when the waitress would walk up. And she would be like, Ryan, you have to get used to this. You have to hold my hand in front of people. And I was like, Rachel, but I'm not dating you. And she's like, I don't care. You have to get used to it. That's so sweet, though. It was very sweet. Very sweet. Love her to death. And one of our OG allies. OG ally before it was even cool. But yeah, love, love that story. And I think that that like definitely, honestly, in a weird way, prepared me to like be out and about in public. And be like, yeah, I'm going to hold this bitch's hand. Yeah, I'm going to hold this bitch's hand. And I'm going to order a French onion soup while I'm at it. So say something. Best of both worlds. (laughs) All right, Kate, what was your funniest coming out story? Well, so my funniest coming out story is more recent because I did come out in the last three years in my 30s. Just Um, a baby. Yeah. And it's one of my really closest friends here in Charleston. And she asked me to lunch and I was in the in the throes of basically telling everyone that not putting a label on it either and being like, I'm bisexual, but just being like, I'm in a relationship with a woman. Get used to it. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. You know, take that how you want to. But I was nervous to tell her just because she's very Southern and is one of the best people I know, but I was just nervous that she was going to not shun me or take it the wrong way or anything like that. I just didn't want our relationship to change. And I think that's so omnipresent and coming out in any situation is you don't want people to think of you differently. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's definitely like, it doesn't matter who you're telling necessarily. Even if it's the most down ass bitch who's like, could be even bisexual themselves or whatever. It's just so scary scary because you just don't want anyone to think of you differently because you're still that same person. So I kind of like this, my, one of my best friends, Nancy, I, we sat down to lunch. I was already so nervous because I was like, I'm just going to fucking do it. I'm doing it, ripping the Band-Aid off. And she's like, so what's been going on? And I was like, I have to tell you something. And literally, I think I said, I have to tell you something. And she started crying. <laughs> she just started crying over our turkey burgers. And she was like, do you have cancer? And I was like, no, I don't have cancer. I'm dating a woman. And she was like, oh, my God, I thought you had cancer she was like mad at me because the way I like revved it up was so serious and so sad that she literally thought I had cancer and I was like well I have a tumor forming and the version (laughs) of a small bug-eyed person named Ryan so that was one of my funnier coming out stories also one that I have to give a little kudos to is my sister Livy I we, you know, she was still in college and we don't get to see each other very often. And I called her and I was like, I just have to tell you I'm dating woman. And she goes, oh my God, happy pride. It was June. <laughs> it was June. She didn't even miss a beat. That's and one of the best like responses I that think made, I've heard. Yeah, that made me laugh so hard. And she literally like came here just like weeks later in order to essentially meet my girlfriend. Oh, so yeah, love you know, live. We've been met with a lot of support. And I yes. think that we're both lucky for it because not everyone has such great reactions, but the ultimate goal is one day that coming out doesn't have to be such a scary thing and maybe right. it doesn't even have to happen at all. Right. That's the goal for sure. That I want, is. I want the kiddos these days to just not be assumed to be straight. Agreed. Well, anyway, thanks everyone so much for listening. We're so happy that we're still here and yes. clear and you are tuning in. So We are going to leave you with that. And uh, straight gay questioning, we want to answer your questions. 
Email your thoughts to notsisterspod at gmail.com and like, follow, and download episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us as well on Instagram at, at Kate Charney with a C, a la Kate Blanchett, and at Ryan Tasker and at Are You Sisters Podcast. Yes. Miss you already. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.